Members of a Bible distribution team in Pakistan were robbed at gunpoint, and then they had to appear in court to testify against the bandits. The testimony of one of the church members shocked those gathered in the courtroom. Fassel John describes the scene. So judge was shocked. It was almost like his jaw just dropped. All the lawyers are just looking shocked on their face, saying, we have never seen something like that. So what was it that that church member said that shocked everyone in the courthouse? Keep listening to find out. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help, right now on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Welcome again to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. My name is Todd Nettleton, and we are in our studio in Bartlesville, Oklahoma. And our guests today are Fassel and Carrie John. They are part of Grace Bible Church of Pakistan. And we're going to hear about what God is doing in Pakistan. We will give you a link later on. You can go to the Grace Bible Church website and learn more about their ministry. Fassel and Carrie, welcome to Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you very much. Honored to be here. Yes, thank you. Fassel, you've said that Pakistan is a perfect place to share the gospel. Some of our listeners look at Pakistan and, and maybe look at the demographics and see 98% of the people are Muslims. There are some security issues. There are terrorists in Pakistan. How can it possibly be the perfect place to share the gospel? The perfect place because they are lacking the love of God. They don't know. And personally, they are not even introduced to Christ's love. And that's why I say it's a perfect place. They need to hear the gospel and see what God has done for them through Christ. What is the response of Muslims when you talk about the love of God and when you talk about Jesus Christ, the Son of God? How do they respond? Most of the time we don't talk. We let them observe our lives and watch. let them watch what we believe and why we are there, and they ask questions that you are going through the whole whole hardship and the persecution, but you respond, we are praying for enemies and we are praying for those who have did a great damage to us and even forgive them. It is alien to them. It's a foreign to them. So they, they almost have to ask questions. They don't understand. What are you doing here? Why are you helping us? What's going on? Why would you possibly be here? Carrie, I know for you that maybe even is more so because you're an American living in Pakistan. They think, well, you could live in America, the you know, the land of milk and honey in the eyes of many people in the world. Do they ask you that question? Well, you know, you're an American. Why are you here? Uh, yes, I'm very approachable and they do ask questions and I answer the Bible says this and that and bring them back to the word of God. We also reached them through scripture on our security walls, written in English, and they ask us, what does that say? And then we get to answer the question, and through our children uh, at the school and the orphanage, we teach them to be ready 
to give an answer, and we teach them in a good way how to answer people. And I know some of the kids at the school are Muslim kids. Their families have chosen to send them there. They want them to get an education. You guys offer an education. Yes. Do they ever get kind of, wait a minute, you're teaching my Muslim child about Jesus. What's going on here? Is that ever a problem? It happened a couple of times. When uh, parents came and they said, you know, our kids are not reciting Holy Quran verses, but they are reciting Bible verses. And we said, you know, okay, we can help with that. When the Bible study time is going on, they go in a separate class. But being in Pakistan, the walls are not, you know, sound walls. (laughs) When over 70 or 90 people are saying, the Lord is my shepherd, the whole community can hear it. (laughs) So they learn anyway. And we tell them, you know, they're, they're in the separate room, but the Word of God cannot be resisted. We're talking today with Fassel and Carrie John. They are part of Grace Bible Church of Pakistan. Fassel, tell us a little bit about Grace Bible Church. We've talked about the school. We've mentioned an orphanage. I know it's also a church. You have Sunday services. Talk a little bit about the breadth of the ministry that you're doing there in Pakistan. Believers over there are very hungry, and we start our day with the Bible devotions. So it's a seven days a morning, especially in the summer. They wake up 4.45 a.m., so we will have the devotion and worship, and then they go to work. These are the members of your church? Yes, sir. I wonder how we'd do in America with a 5 a.m. Bible study seven days a week. (laughs) I'm not sure we'd have a big crowd. Many, many really start their day with prayer. It's part of the culture. You hear it with the Muslim, Mm -hmm. and they just believe that God needs to protect them within their days because the men's work is very hard, and um, they need God to help them. So you have the church, you have training every morning for all the church members. Yes, sir. And then what else is going on with the church? Then after that, we have a school, which is a seven days a week, and that goes on from a morning to until afternoon. After that, we have a two teams of members that goes to distant villages. They go seven days a week, two team of men to go and share and uh, edify the body of Christ and teach children with the Bible lessons and pray with them to encourage them that our God is mighty and he will help them to go through the tough time. And and these are Christian colonies, Christian homes that live together. They don't have a church there. They feel separated. So we we bring them into a fold. And I know you mentioned the teams that go out. I, I know we had a story in the Voice of the Martyrs newsletter in April about one of your teams that wasn't necessarily persecuted for what they were doing, but they ran into a band of robbers. Talk a little bit about that story and what happened to them for those who haven't read our newsletter. Actually, we were three days in those villages, and that area is uh, known throughout Pakistan, Sikh area. So it's a mostly Hindu comes in that area. So we were, after delivering all the Bibles, we said, let's take a shortcut to get home. <laughs> and it was already late. So as we were going and our van was approaching a big ditch or a speed breaker, the road are broken. So they slowed down and they found themselves surrounded by gunmen all over. And they start asking for money, what you have, everything they took. And they were threatening 
to kill one by one. They said we need more. So our one of member team, who was a young and he's just so bold, he was with us, 13 years old man, young man, and he said we don't have anything else. We give you everything. We have Bible. He offered Bible, so they start yelling at him, throw the Bible down, and beat one of our member with the with a pump action butt on his neck. He got bruised. That whole thing was going on, and I was there in the other van waiting what's going on. But thank God, it's the power of prayers from the United States and different churches, and especially you guys keeping us in your prayer when we go on missions to, you know, be safe from these kind yes. of robberies. Yes, it doesn't mean that persecution or will not happen. It means the best possible outcome will happen, and God will be glorified in it, and he was. Yeah, talk about the end of that story, because God really was glorified in a really remarkable way because of how your team responded to this attack and robbery. Yeah, we gave everything to them, and, uh, you know, before anything else happened, they let us go. They said, don't turn your lights on, don't look back, just go. So we meet up together, we call the police, because one of them, our security gun was taken by them, so it was on the law that we should report it. So we called the police, and they came and reported, and then we got home about uh, very, very late, and uh, then we start praying. Then we start praying. So long story short, in within, within three or four weeks, police find out the robbers. They arrest them. They took to the investigation. They confessed. And then they call us. They said, we have found who has been, you know, rob you and everything. So come and visit. We went and talked to them and saw the robbers and identified them. It was a little bit scary for the whole team to go back to the same places. But thank God, thank God, through the investigation, we talked to the lawyer and they said, these robbers are going to prison for at least 13 to 14 years under the charges that they were doing against you. So what do you want to do? So the whole team was uh, praying and thinking, what should we do? How can we display the love of Christ to them. And a lawyer in the other side saying, oh, you can keep the charges and you can have more money from them and they will still go to prison and then later on ask more money. He was just talking in his lawyer lawyer skin. <laughs> He's trying to, you know, make also money for themselves. But we were not in that business. After praying, sharing with each other, our team, we decided to show them the love of Christ, so we forgive them. In the court, when judge says, you have all rights to say whatever you want, and they will go right away to the prison, and they will handcuff everything, and one of our team member, his name is Rajesh, so he said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. As he quote the passage and he told the judge, we forgive them. So judge was shocked. It was almost like a, a picture. His jaw just dropped. <laughs> All the lawyers are just looking shocked on their face, saying, 
We have never seen something like that. We have never heard something like that. Why do you do that? What an opportunity. Yes. They answered. They said, Christ forgave us. And we are doing the same to forgive our enemy, those who were going to seek harms for us. Wow. It was a powerful moment in that courthouse. They said, we never seen that. It was like you can hear a pin drops sound in that courthouse. And right away, judge canceled all the papers. They were right away in the courthouse, uncuffed, and those robbers start weeping. Wow. Stop weeping. They said, nobody have done anything like to us. And our team member says, we are doing that because we were also forgiven. Mm. And we offer them, you don't have to do that anymore. We can help you to buy maybe a donkey cart so you can have like, you know, some business mm -hmm. or you can have a popcorn machine to make some popcorn to mm. make money because not everybody is going to do what we did for you. It was amazing. What an amazing example. And I just think about every single person in that courtroom went home that night and said to their family yes. or whoever, you cannot believe what I saw today in the courtroom. <laughs> These yes. people who got robbed of everything, and one of them got hit with a gun butt, they forgave the people who did it. They set them free. I just can't imagine how that must have just spread throughout the whole area. Like, what are these Christians doing? This is the most amazing thing. Yes, and, you know, it truly was the Holy Spirit leading because there are 99 names for Allah, for the God of Muslims. And two of them, they do not call him love, and they do not call him forgiveness. So it's a completely foreign concept. It's a foreign concept. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Fassel and Carrie John. They are from Grace Bible Church of Pakistan. Fassel, the question that comes out of that is how do you get how do you get a team ready to go and distribute Bibles knowing that, okay, you could be robbed, you could be persecuted, you could be attacked. And by the way, if that happens, we want you to forgive the people who do that. How do you train people, Christians? to be part of those teams and go out and do that outreach knowing the cost that they could have to pay. Yes, we have to talk about it because I was telling them that these kind of things more can happen. So I asked the question, I said, we are going again to distribute God's word for those who are waiting. I told the story, I said, there was a woman, you remember, she waited for 40 years to have a copy of Bible as her own possession. And they said, yes, we remember her tears and smile. That was a gorgeous smile on her face. And I said, no, I want to give you a choice. Do you guys want to go with me? This time was a robbery. Maybe we will shot. Maybe we will be killed or kidnapped or something else. Do you want to go do this? And one of team members says, what else we have to do? Wow. <laughs> There's nothing else worthy to do to bring gospel and word of God to those souls who will never maybe have a Bible. So that was their motivation. I love that. What else, what else would we do? If we could go give Bibles to people who don't have Bibles, well, what else would be more exciting than that? What could we do that would be better? Yeah, once you receive a purpose in the Lord. There's nothing that compares to it. 
Pakistan is in my heart. It's my calling. What is the response in those villages when you give someone a Bible? You talked a little bit about the joy on their face. What is that response, and what does that feel like for you to go to somebody who maybe has been praying for years and years and years to have a Bible, and you hand them one and say, hey, this is free. I want you to have this. I can't even put in words their emotions and their gratitude. It just, you know, sometimes I just look at those faces back. They just choke me. Choke me. I remember one old, old lady. Her all hair was just white, and she was just very old. But the beautiful, beautiful face she have when she received the Bible, she gave me 10 rupees. <laughs> she said, I don't have anything. This is the only money I have. And I said, we don't take money for Bibles. It's given to us as a gift for you. Someone pray for you. Someone donated. It's for you. It's a free. And she said, no, I'm not giving from Bible. I'm giving with a gratitude. This is the 10 rupees. So I never spend that 10 rupees. It's still with me in my wallet every time I look it. And it just brings me joy. Why we go there and see a display of a gratitude heart. Wow. So the 10 rupees will be translated 10 cents in American money. So a dime. This lady had a dime. It was all she had, but she gave it in gratitude. Mm -hmm. I have a Bible of my very own. For those of our listeners who hear this and say, well, I could provide a Bible for somebody, uh, you can. If you come to vomradio.net, right at the top of the page is a Donate tab. Uh, one of the tabs under that is Bibles to Captive Nations. A hundred percent of that money goes to provide Bibles and scriptures and gospel tracts into hostile and restricted nations like Pakistan. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Fassel and Carrie John. They're from Grace Bible Church of Pakistan. When you come to vomradio.net, we will give you a link to their website. It is gbcpakistan.org. Fassel, part of your ministry is preparing leaders and training pastors and leaders for the church in Pakistan. What What's the greatest need among those leaders, or, or what's the thing they most need to get a hold of to be effective in leading the church there? Yeah, most of time the struggle is with the, you know, being in Pakistan, they sometimes can't have like a education like college education and the second one they can't afford to go to a seminary school it's a huge money for them and there's a so much so much hard desire for people to learn the word of god and then share in villages anywhere god send them so that's why we started seminary school over there for free free to not only give them a bible teaching, but also helping books. Those are like the treasure for them. Mm -hmm. And it's also back flashing to me that I was seeking. Mm -hmm. I was seeking to have a, a theological training so I can answer not only to believers, but also to unbelievers who are seeking mm -hmm. what does Bible say? What does that mean? So it drive me more with the compassion that I was lacking and I want to do the same that somebody else is lacking to have a 
theological studies. On a practical level, what does that look like? Do they come to you for a week and then go back to their homes, or do they come for a couple months and then go back, or do they come for like a, a year or two or three years? Our course is a two-years course, but they come every week. Okay. They come every week, and our study time will be afternoon of Monday. Okay. So we will start our study, and it goes until 2 a.m. Oh, wow. And then they will sleep for uh, four or five hours, and then we will have a next day on Tuesday, two more classes, have a breakfast, place for them to sleep, and provide a little bit for them to travel back to their home and villages where they are serving and continually learning. So they come to you Monday and Tuesday for two years. So every Monday and Tuesday they come, study late, late, late into the night, study the next day, then go back, and they're involved in ministry— and at the end of two years, they basically have a, a theological education. Yes, sir. As I will be going back on the ground, so I will be graduating 11 students wow. from their two years of hard, hard Bible study. Fasal, as we finish up, one of the things that we always want to equip people here to do is to be a witness. And Pakistan is 98% Muslim, but there are Muslims in America, too. Maybe some of our listeners go to school with a Muslim or they work alongside a Muslim, and they would really like to talk to them about Christ, but they're kind of intimidated. How do you coach them or how do you advise them to begin that process? And Carrie, you can add to this as well uh, with, with an American perspective. Help our listeners understand how they can go about building a relationship and, and opening the door to a conversation about Christ with Muslims that they know. I often remember like, you know, there's a gospel written by Mark, Luke, and Matthew, and John, but what is a gospel according to you? So I take it personally, I am the fifth gospel of Jesus Christ to all whom seek, watch, and observe me, how they are reading. So personally, I will say, you know, not to just go on their face, but let them watch. How you live, how you love, how you sacrifice, how you forgive, how you patient, and that is just a foreign idea to whole world. That in this time of, you know, people can be patient, forgiving, and loving, and I think that speaks volumes. And that is my personal experiences in Pakistan. They will say, who are you? Who are you? And I will say, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> and then you can share. Let me share. tell you, I'm a new creation. <laughs> Carrie, what would you add to that? I ask them about themselves. I just get to know their story. I ask them about their faith. When it gets to that point, mm -hmm. just start to just not think of them as foreign or radical or they're just people and God loves them. If the opportunity arises on a plane or anywhere, even in a gas station, you see someone with a, a Muslim garb on, I'll just say, assalamu alaikum, and right away their eyes are bright because that's the greeting that you say, and they there's a connection. And then mm -hmm. I say, do you know English? And then I just ask them, so how did you get here? And just start that conversation. You've been listening to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio and we've been talking with Fassel and Carrie John from Grace Bible Church of Pakistan. 
Their website is gbcpakistan.org. We will link you there from vomradio.net. When you come to vomradio.net, you can also listen to all of our other episodes of VOM Radio. If you want to study more about reaching Muslims, we've had lots of different guests from the Muslim world that can share. If you're more interested in China or India or someplace else, we've had people from those countries as well. So come to vomradio.net and listen to those episodes. Fassel and Carrie, thank you for your ministry. Thank you for your heart. And thank you for sharing with us this week on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. We are thankful to God for VOM, that what they do and have done and continually to reach nations. Thank you. You are very, very welcome. You know, it's our honor at Voice of the Martyrs to stand with those who are ministering on the front lines like you're doing. Next week, I hope that our listeners will be back with us when we hear about North Africa. We're going to hear some of the challenges that our brothers and sisters in Christ are facing there, and we're going to be encouraged to hear what God is doing to build his kingdom in that part of the world. Please be back to join us to hear that right here on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.